Up dog, my man, the bat blue. Fellas out there, lots of things are better together, as we know, like playoff hockey or barbecuing with your boys, teeing it up, going to music festivals. Everything is better with the bat blue. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some of the bat blue lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA in Buffalo, New York. Updog fella, look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. What's missing curfew? It's when you kind of play guilty, but you show up. How nice is a green light on the road, though? No practice tomorrow, no playing, just go. Scotty Upshaw in the clear, and he scores! Right in front, scores! A few laughs, a little bit of fun, and obviously a lot of hockey talk. You're listening to Missing Curfew. The lads. Fella, my man, curfew calls We're back baby. at it. What did you think? Um, I mean, I thought they were great. Now, however, we recorded them as the playoffs were going on, and a couple times as they came out through the summertime, I forgot some of the shit I said. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, I said that. And were you quickly reminded via our social media clips, or was it actually like people calling you going, that was the funniest thing I've ever heard? I had a, I had a bunch of, when the first early ones came out, like the one where we talked about the first strip club experience, Purple yep. Rain, yep. That, that was a big hit. Yep. Um, so a lot of my buddies from back home, the guys that I was with that night, shout out to Brandon Harker again. Harks, he was there with me. He was like, oh my God, that's great. How do you remember that? I'm like, totally. come on, buddy. You, you know where I get the first naked woman you see? That's true. Yeah. And uh, for me, you know, I was in the same boat and, you know, Max actually hit me up and I totally made a mistake at one point. I mentioned a name I should probably not have at the time. Yeah. And uh, you're quick to remind that people listen and I meant no harm. <laughs> And I hope to the puppy's like oh, no, people are I, actually listening to this shit. Yeah, I, I, I hope to the person that I mentioned their name. It was it was in no no harm, no foul. I, I apologize, and uh, you know we, we just got to keep it to any sort of thing that walks the fine line with a name. We usually are really good at just not mentioning the name, mainly because we can't remember the name. That's very true. But in this case, uh, of course, I remember the name. I just wanted to you know quickly state that that was of no intent to yeah harm. It was all clean fun here. Yes. It was all clean fun. This is this is like the locker room for us, and especially when curfew calls start humming, where we, we just, you know, obviously we got the curfew calls coming in for you. Max and Prince are doing a great job with it. The questions have been great. The fans have been great. But it brings out me and you in the gesture. So at the same time, like, take it with a grain of salt, some of the stuff that we probably, you know, I've said, you know. Locker room. Locker room talk. Because there was one clip that came out where I was talking about where I was talking about Austria, and like I saw the clip come out, and I was on the golf course. I literally called Princey. I was like, "Princey, the clip's good, but you got to take out, yeah, what this happened? one part that I said. Like it was just like even for me when I heard it, I was, it was da whoops. It was like, oh my god, you can't, yeah. you can't. Sometimes you can't say that. Sometimes we forget the cameras rolling. It's just it was so long ago that we recorded them and and we, and we banked them, and, and like I said, Max and Princey done a great job, and I think it's great off season content. 
and you know this one's going to come out in October. Uh, you know, as this one comes out, we're we're going to be on a fellow tour in Detroit and a fellow tour in Toronto. So I figured, you know, let's let's get one in the can. But moving forward, as the season goes on for our next year, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the fans, and as we get closer to that off season content, I want off season questions, right? Like a lot of the questions were great about hockey and stuff like that, but next off season, I'm hoping to get it more around. Let's just talk about yeah, you know, what you're doing in the summer, what you know, what's going on in the summer, other stuff like that. That yeah. to me would be the perfect type of curfew call, like stuff you'd want to hear if you get caught at a bar, sitting next to us at a bar, yeah, show, and we're like watching it football game and we're talking about whatever yeah not hockey i don't know if it's doable but i just like it would be nice to just generate all around offseason yeah. curfew calls but it was great uh we're gonna keep them rolling here uh max says the questions continue to roll in so um it, it's good to get to know our listeners although i think we have a pretty good heartbeat on on who was listening to missing curfew well this is just clarified goddamn give this away. is just cl- this is just clarified it for you fucking beauties out there um keep them rolling so we're going to start with a question here on the first one. Luke Hagren. What would you call this guy? Greeny? Hags? What would be his fucking locker room name? I'd say Hags. 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 Well, Hags, I'm a Leafs fan living out in beautiful Victoria, British Columbia. Beautiful. Never made it to Victoria. It's a beautiful place. I know. No, the island's amazing. I have some regrets throughout my Canucks career. That would be one of them. I never went over there. To see Tyson Berry and the boys that yeah. live over there. I mean, I wasn't too far when I lived in Camelos, but Bear Mountain, nice golf course. Yeah. Um, beautiful, like, little marina area in Victoria. Our capital, British Columbia. Is it good nightlife out there? No. Not like, no. <laughs> good fishing. You got Nanaimo. Nanaimo. You got Tofino. Great surf spot up north in Victoria yeah. Island. <clears throat> but no, not great nightlife. Beautiful, though. But Postcard. There wouldn't be any like good little like sneaky little bars. Like I mean, we went to Newfoundland, and Newfoundland was a small little fish town. But fuck those bars run real, so it doesn't have any, nothing like that. Nothing like that. No Newfies there. No, but there's not like just good little a lot bars. of lot like lumber guys, beards guys that are wanting to get out in the wilderness, cut down those trees, fish, wildlife, stinky. <laughs> no, I think they stinky no, guys. You tell me a lot of stinky. No, they like the eat the mushrooms, smoke the pot. You know, hippies be out in the wilderness. Beautiful. I mean, beautiful surroundings, right? You're surrounded by water, both sides, big trees, some fucking fish. (laughs) (laughs) Nice fuck. Big fucking eyes. Fucking eyes. Fucking (laughs) fish. So you're telling me there's big stoned mushroom lumberjacks. Yes. Okay. Lots of, lots of those. Okay. So pretty place. Gotcha. And, uh, okay. Okay. Well, good. That's a good description of Victoria. Dog, I appreciate it. Growing up, I would get fired up anytime the Leafs would play the Habs, as would I, fella. Senators or Sabres, even as just a hockey fan, a rivalry game just meant more. I have a question about NHL rivalries. During your playing careers, which rivalry was your favorite to play in? And secondly, if you had the opportunity, which rivalry would have you loved to play in? Love the pod. Keep up the work, fella. Cheers, Luke. Go, Go ahead. Okay, I, I'll just... I know, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, to answer his first question. I remember uh, as a kid, my dad had a TV that was no bigger than the size of... Way smaller than this computer I had. It used to be in our kitchen. It was a box TV. Do you remember those? Sure do. It was probably four... TV that looked like a radio. Four by four. Yeah. It used to be... He even built a little thing for it to sit in the kitchen next to the fridge, and that... Saturday nights, hockey night in Canada, I would watch exactly what he said, either Montreal, Boston, 
or Toronto and whoever the else hell they, they'd want to play. But there was always that Hockey Night in Canada game on Obes, and it was just, I remember Patty Wide, I remember Felix Potvin, Dougie Gilmore, all the boys. Anyway, <laughs> so that rivalry as a kid is something I always remembered. Um, throughout my playing day, I always wished I was part of the Edmonton Oilers-Calgary Flames fucking battle belt, but there's no way I would never want to be on that. You know, I never got a chance. Yeah. I would have loved to. I was. I would have loved to fucking play in front of those Alberta fucks and yeah. been out there and doing my thing. And I always cherished the fact that I could go to Edmonton and play hockey. And, and I'd like the Calgary too, but that stop in Edmonton would be all time. Um, And then for me, when I played, uh, I would have to say my Philly pit was, you know, playoff time. Sid the Kid came in the league. They had Flurry. They had Latang. They had Hosa. They had fucking Gonchar. It's great battle. They had great battles. We had great a great battle. team. Um, and then down the stretch, St. Louis Blues, Blackhawks for us was a, uh, those were, you know, game seven, overtime. Um, actually, it wasn't overtime. We scored late and won the game, game seven. But the Blues, Blackhawks, you know, they had a fucking dynasty. We were that team that just couldn't quite get over the hump, but we beat them in that one playoff round, and those games were always great. The Battle of the Midwest, the Blues and Blackhawks. Midwest. I would say this. The Philly, Pittsburgh Philly, when we played, when you and Loops played and you guys had that, I was out in Vancouver then. Uh, and even probably in my second year in Tampa, but I would always tune into those games. As a guy that's in the league, like I watch more hockey now than I did when I played in the league. Like I would watch you play. I would watch Loops play. I would watch my buddies play. But other than that, you don't really, I don't know. You just, you know what I mean? You don't, you can't bet on it. Right? So <laughs> why the fuck am I watching if I can't bet on it? But I would tune your buddies playing. I would tune, yeah, my buddies were playing, but I would tune into that rivalry. Um, the Battle of Alberta, listen, I, I I guess I played in it. I didn't really get much of a, I didn't get a chance to put an impact in it. Still one of my favorite loophole tweets ever was, he's like, fuck Gobes, I fired on the Battle of Alberta, but after the second TV timeout, you didn't have a shift, so I had to turn it off. So I, I never really got to appreciate it like it is now. Like we went up there for the playoffs and to, to, to get a feel for the, the fan base. And obviously that was playoffs, but these, I mean, the energy was insane. Yeah, it's great. It was insane. It's great. And now new buildings, Yeah, hopefully Calgary, but. For me, my, the, 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 the one for me was my Canucks days. Hawks, Black, Hawks, Canucks was unbelievable, right? Yeah. Obviously they got the better of us, much like you said, you know, when you played the Blackhawks, although you nipped them the one year. My two years, they knocked us out, but old school hockey, fucking line brawls, chirping, like, some of the stuff that was said on, on you know, between benches there. I still remember. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Like, there's a couple things where even... A little worse than the stinky glove. Oh, way worse, yeah. Even, like, there was stuff that, you know, you can guess who they were on the Vancouver Canucks say it to them, and I'm even like, ooh, fuck, buddy, that's 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 offside. I'm on your team, I'm on and this is still fucking bad. Yeah, and they, they fire stuff right back at us. Like, it was it was a great rivalry. It was ruthless. And the ones I could that I wish I wanted to play in were obviously... You know, if I want, if I could have been a Toronto Maple Leaf, Leafs Habs, and then the Battle of Ontario, Leafs Sens. But you talk about growing up, you know, out west, the Western leaguers that I met, they did, never liked the Leafs because they got too much attention growing up. Did you ever have that feeling, or because Big Scott was a Leafs fan, you didn't care? But you talked to Sheldon Brookbank, Loops, Kunitz, um, Joel Stepp, Steeper, guys that I played with, like fuck the Leafs. Every time you turned the game on, it was always the Leafs. We don't want to watch the fucking Leafs anymore. I think you just touched, you touched right on it. It was, for me, it was, um, I, I understood hockey through my dad's eyes because he was my my mentor and the guy that taught me how to skate and how to play and how to think about the game. 
and he was just a Leafs guy. His more focus was just chirping the Habs. Yeah. Than ever like saying, hey, by the way, like, you know, we're in Alberta, you know, it's you're okay to like the Oilers. You know, you're okay to like Pavel Bure and the Vancouver Canucks, which I did. But, you know, the Oilers, and I guess we, we, we have a point there coming from Alberta. Like, our teams were better than your teams. Like, our teams had way more success in the 80s and, and early 90s, like Calgary and and Edmonton. Yeah. Always were, like, better teams and had more success than than Toronto. So and, and, but but, these but you're the mecca of hockey and, you, get, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs being the most, like, you know, winning franchise other than, say, Montreal back in the day, right? But they've they've created, you know, the hockey hotbed. They had Maple Leaf Garden, which is iconic. Oh, I love that place. And, uh, you know, that Maple Leaf jersey is kind of what you look at and you think hockey, right? It's like totally. They're like you, you look at that jersey and you're like, oh, that's where the NHL started, which, you know, they're an original six, but I think that's just kind of hockey's holy grail. It's where the, it's where the Hockey Hall of Fame is. It's where... Um, you know, you look back at just legends that have played the game and they played right there. Totally. And, and talking about the Leafs jersey, like, I'm almost ready for, I think they should go back a bit. Like, go back to the Wendell Clark era. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know, like, like the one right here, let's see if I can find it. Like the black third like, jersey. See this, this, like, this is Sundin. But the, like, look at that. That's the, that's the one where Wendell... You know, like, yeah. that, like you, people would have said that was shit. Now I think that would be great with, like, the maple. Like, this is their jersey now. Like, it's just, to me, I don't know, a little plain, right? Classic, traditional. Looks good. Plain. I mean, they got great uni. Do you? Do I like the Justin Bieber I black actually one? text Revo that this week. Yeah, uh, I said, buddy, the, the blue and white looks fucking nasty. Oh, he's nasty. I'm like, nasty. He's got to wear some good ones. Um, Do I like the Justin Bieber black one? Is that what you're going to ask me? Do you like that black one? Is it the Bieber black? I mean, this one? Let's see. Yeah, you like that? I don't like know. That. I don't like it, no. Do you like good it? Good for a third? I mean, it's good for Justin Bieber. Anytime you get Biebs involved in the NHL, it's good for the game, but I don't like when they rock them. No. But I'm old school, man. I, I just chose the ones. I like these. Yeah, I know. Like I think that's a great. That school. should be their number. That Look should be their jersey. Yeah. The old school ones with the white down the pants. Yeah. Um, no, but something about wearing that jersey, I'll never forget. I was playing for the Canucks, I believe, and I came in for, for pregame meal. Mm -hmm. Still remember, I could fucking move the elevator coming in, you know, nice spread there, right? And boys are like, oh, but your buddy just got traded. I was like, what? They're like, Loops just got traded. Uh, it was deadline day, I think, right? You get traded deadline again to the Leafs? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. yeah, I remember I was too. I was in uh, the room in Dallas. I was getting ready for a game in Dallas, Anaheim to Toronto. Yeah. And so whatever, I, I, I text him, fellow, I'm like, I'll give you a buzz after he pregame me, you know, before I shut it, before I shut her down. So I call him, I said, how you doing? And this is right when he was building his sick beach house out here, right? And he was kind of down the dumps. I'm like, buddy, I'm telling you, as an Ontario boy, when you get there and you put that jersey on and you're playing at the Air Canada Centre and it's sold out every night. And this, this had nothing to do with the off-ice stuff that I knew was coming his way to begin with when he, you know, single good looking guy in Toronto. I knew what he was going to do there, but just... And and honestly, after the first month, he was like, "Fuck, Obes, you're right." Like when you put that jersey on and you play in that city, it's like crazy, crazy, crazy. What year is this now? Like 2010 for him when he got traded? Yeah, um, seems like not too. Yeah, long ago. probably that's. Do you you're, you struggle? No, because it was in two. No, 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 no. Do you struggle with that, Uppy? When like let's say you're playing a golf tournament or something, and someone's like, "Hey, no," because I signed in Florida in '11, and at that time I had a chance. Loose was like, "You should." Consider Toronto. There's a chance, like we call you on the uh, on July one. When did he go? Two thousand nine. He went there. He was in. Uh, 
He was in Toronto. He got there in 2010, 2011. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's play this game. Uh, I want to see, because I suck at this. Like, where people are like, yeah. What year were you in Vancouver? I'm like, fuck, I don't remember. Let's see if you remember. Scotty Upshaw, Hockey DB. Okay. What was what was your first year in Phoenix? First year in Phoenix, 2008, 9. Fuck, got a boy. Good job. Wow. Okay, maybe you're better than me. That's a scale. <laughs> uh, what was your first year in Florida? 2010-11. No. 2011-12. That's, yeah, that's, fuck, that's what I meant. Because you just told me Loops was 10-11. Yeah. Toronto. And he tried to get me there. I guess I played on more teams than you. You, you stayed places longer than I did. And then where was your first year in St. Louis? 15-16. Yeah, oh boy. Yeah. You got her. Like, I think I was in Vancouver in 2010. I think. Let me check. It had to be, it's right? kind of tricky. It's a tricky game. Well, when you play for as many fucking teams as I did, and when you're a little foggy, you're, you're, getting shale, you're going out. You know, it's just a full thing. You're just trying to learn. See, look at my first year. Numbers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. My first year in Vancouver was 2008, 2009. 2000, yeah. yeah, so I was off by two years. So you were eight, nine. So I was I was just getting to Phoenix. You were in Van. I was in Van. Yeah, so we had a good picture. I was in Nashville when Loops got traded to Toronto then. But I always stayed in places for two years. Like you had you had four years in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so look, when <laughs> thank you're God getting, I had that no trade. Traded, I would have been out of there a year early in. Yeah. If you were you gonna trade every two years, it's like I can't remember what year that was. Uh, fuck, I don't know. But um some of the rivalries that I would like to play in now, I think the Vegas Golden Knights, Los Angeles Kings rivalry. Is one that I think is going to continue to grow. Yeah, Vegas winning last big, year. Two great cities. Big, good team. Two great barns. Yep. Um, two great crowds. You're going to have some celebs in LA. There's going to be some celebs in Vegas. I think that one there, as it continues to grow, is one that would be fun to be part of. And I yep. think it's going to get better. And then for me, as an ex Canuck, I would like to see this Canucks Kraken one. And it's on talks in the boys in Vancouver now because you're Kraken. Scotty Upshaw, Seattle Kraken have proven that they're a playoff team. Yeah. They cost me a lot of seats each last year. I like to see that Canucks Kraken get a little more. A little, a little more, more fucking sandpaper. Yeah, yeah. Like, talks. Get them fucking going. Well, who does Colorado have now as a... Do they have the Blues as a as a rivalry? Like, Because I'd like to see Colorado and Seattle go toe-to-toe now that they lost in the playoffs against it. You want them to beat them again, do you? And it's just like, you know, Seattle's kind of got their number. Now, if you go off the if you go off the history of the Colorado Avalanche, it's the Detroit Red Wings. It is. But, They're in the other But conference. now, it would, it would, you would not say that. It's a good point by you that the Habs don't really have one, I guess. I would say Vegas beat them out of the playoffs a couple years ago. Remember we were there? Yeah. Um, is it Minnesota? No. No. Minnie's almost St. Louis. Is it St. Louis? No. Right? Like I'm just trying to I'm just trying to look at the divisions. It could be Vegas. It could be Colorado, Vegas. Yeah. LA should have the ducks, but they just steamroll them. The the Kings Ducks rivalry is not what it once was. It used to be when I played on the Ducks and throughout our career, like yeah. remember the conference finals they had? Yeah, I, I mean that used to be that that freeway classic, whatever they call it. It was a fucking fights, hits, chirping. Now I think the Kings just kind of come in and do whatever they want, don't they? Yeah, if history would say so. Yeah, <laughs> the last little bit. Yeah, but I, I don't know Knights and Knights and Kings. I'm going to say that one for me. I'd like to see that one continue to heat up. But, Agreed. Uh, Luke, great question for us, Maxi. Send us send us a call, in, fella. Are we going here from Chris P. Kelly? Boys, Chris P. Kelly from Boston. First time caller, long time listener. 
Love you guys. Rest in peace, Jimmy Scoops Hayes. Boston legend. I was an equipment guy in the AHL when Obi played in the AHL. Loved watching him test the people and play. Was just wondering, you guys got any funny stories about equipment guys or uh, things in the locker room that have to do with them? Keep it going, boys. Love the show. I'll keep listening. You want me to start? Great accent. Good accent. What was his name? Chris. Chris Kelly. Kelly. Chris Kelly. Oh, Kells. Yeah. Ottawa Kells. Center. Good uh, Good two-way forward. Yeah. I wish you would have told me where he was equipment manager in the HL. I'm trying to think like Lowell or Wor- Worcester. Yeah. Or where the fuck was he in Somewhere like that probably. Providence. Providence, Rhode Island. Go ahead. Start it off, bud. I got two stories. One, and both take place in the minors in Milwaukee. So I was probably playing against this guy too. Um, but we had one trainer the year we won. He actually was our trainer throughout throughout my course there. His name was Pauly. Been there forever. Forget Pauly's last name now. A great guy. Good flow. Good guy. Lived in Milwaukee. Was like a lifer there. Um, not too old, but had a great little shack. He had this house. It was like two two story house. Had the upper suite. It wasn't too far away from where we all lived. Anyway, I used to go over there, catch a late game, fucking rolling up. And we used to put on, like, at that time, this is 2003, we'd put on music videos. Not music, but, like, you know, concert videos. And he loved you too, like, like Dave like Matthews. Like MTV, like music No, like, like uh, Dave Matthews, like uh, Times Square concert, three-disc three concert. You know what I'm talking about, Max. And we just, <laughs> he had a good stereo system. We used to you just pound, pound. And anyways, the first time I got into really U2 at the time, it was funny because we're talking about maybe U2 at the Sphere in Vegas now, and they're doing all these shows. Yeah. Uh, he used to have these YouTube videos and, and shit, and we'd just be, you know, light up one and watch them. It would be fucking great. It'd be great. And so his assistant at the time, his name is Gunner, this guy Gunner. Light one up, it'd be great. So Gunner was a hockey guy. He wasn't all there. He, uh, <laughs> he, he wasn't. He fucking, I don't know what position he played, but fuck, he was dumb as nails. And uh, he was our assistant trainer. He used to come in and help out every now and then. Do, not too much responsibility. You didn't want to give him too much responsibility. Yeah, but just anyway. make sure the fucking gitch is dry, eh? So I threw an after party at my house one time. We leave Water Street, go across. I'm living at this place called The Blatz. You had the fish tank in there and everything. Good sound system. Great for after parties. And anyway, <laughs> Gunner's in and he passes out on my couch sitting straight up, right? And someone, someone from the hallway in my house, like coming into my house, brings in the fire extinguisher. And they bring that fucking thing into my place and Gunner's passed out and they just take the pin out and they hose, they hose Gunner down on the couch <laughs> and he is fucking covered in yellow dust, like chalk. He's just like, and he, <laughs> he gives like a, and so fucking everyone hits the deck. Cause if you've ever sprayed a fire extinguisher in a small room, it takes all the oxygen out of you. I'm, no one can breathe. We're opening up the windows and shit and Gunner just stays sleepy on there <laughs> and he's like, and uh, buddy, the the cleanup crew that had to come in and clean the shit out of my house, it, it took months. It was there was dust and chalk everywhere, but Gunner just kept sleeping right through this. It was it was incredible. Did you care? Like what, I didn't at the time. Did you say, hey, well, you know, I'm, I'm a yeah. neat guy. That's what I mean. I'm thinking like no, but but when you saw his face oh. and the laughter that it caused, it was worth every penny. Be, whatever. No, for it's, sure. The rental too. If it was a real pad, I'd be like, this is fucked up. Yeah. Someone get this guy a towel. Uh, how, how long did it take you to like clean it up? Like weeks. 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 It was it was brutal. I think it was I don't know. I might get throw this out there. I think it was Fiddler hosed him down. But if it wasn't him, he saw who did it and I don't know, a long time ago. But just 
So they just grabbed the fire extinguisher out, out of the hallway? Or out of the hallway. And said, hey, and I just... <laughs> He was done. How is that shit good to breathe? That's probably not great to breathe. Not great. It's like sulfur and chalk. <laughs> I know. It's not I'm perfect. I was living there for fucking a month and a half. I feel like, fuck, my lungs are kind of here. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. Oh, you know, those N95 masks. Why can't I breathe? Yeah. Yeah. That's what he did. It was not perfect. Um, but yeah, Paulie and my boy Gunner there. Good guy. Yeah, I just remember you guys talking about how much nasties meant to you in Philly, right? Yeah, yeah. We didn't I even mean, get in the pros. Yeah, he's the minor. Miners? Miners, I can't fucking remember, but I mean, our boy who was with the Capitals now had Portland was an unbelievable guy. Just, yeah. just a good dude. Uh, I can't remember our trainers in Cincy. Fuck, it was so long ago, but I mean, my favorite of all time is, is Frosty and Moods. I mean, those guys, I got a short cup of coffee with them, but the respect that Kings they Kings of Leon. Yeah, man. Kings of Leon. But Moods and Frosty on the plane going up and talking to those guys, like, the boys loved them. There's no one better. And yeah. I mean, for me, when I think about, you know, remember Partner in Nashville? Of course. Yeah, so Partner was the third guy. and um, I guess, how would you say Partner? He's just like, you got to- He's fucking great. Great, but like, got, he's got like- I think the boys got him some new jibs now. And no, but like, what would you say? Like he got LASIK. He's kind of like he's full on just changed man. I know, but how would you say what he like? He's got a little Down syndrome, or how would you describe partner? I don't think it's Down syndrome. No, 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 it's not Down syndrome. He's just uh, slow. Yeah, he, well, definitely, he's a little slow. Very loving guy. Very loving guy. Yeah, again, right. you're not going right. to put too much responsibility right. on. More Shane O'Brien. More Shane O'Brien. He used to call me the devil yeah. boy. More Shane O'Brien. More Shane O'Brien. I take him up for lunch once a week to the fucking, what was the pregame spot we had there in Nashville? You used to take him to a Marigold? Marigold. I used to take him to Outback because he loved the Bloomin' Onions. <laughs> he'd eat a full Bloomin' Onion himself. And he'd have it all in his beard and everything. He's a good guy, though. Great guy. Yeah. Great guy. I mean, yeah. Well-respected by everyone in the league. They come in like Steve Eisenman, take care of him. Yeah. Brett Hall, take care of him. He loved all the, he used to take care of the visiting room. Yeah, took care of the visiting room, but was on laundry duty. He 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 was sharp, man. He was always on the fucking ball. He'd carry my bus to the bag, like carry my uh, bag to the bus, bag to the bus for me when we were leaving for road trips or whatever. I throw him on a Benji, he grab it for me. Um, great guy. He was one of the guys when I think back of just fun to see at the rink. Always made you laugh. The boys loved him. Strong as an ox, totally. Right? And he had to deal with Pete Rogers. I had Pete Rogers telling him what to do. Yeah, like, come on, Pete, eh? I think Pete's still there. I think he's still there too. Yeah, yeah he's still there. The boys in Vancouver were always good. Uh, Patty O'Neill's been there forever. Uh, Red was a good dude. Uh, Razor in Tampa. I like Red. Razor in Tampa was great. Uh, he was our head equipment guy. Tom Mulligan, who's still there, the medical guy, was a great guy. Um, not too many bad guys. No, not too many bad no. guys. Good guys. Calgary guys, I didn't really get to know because I didn't really play, so it didn't matter. But. I like my my boy in St. Louis was good. Chad Chad O'Neill is a good guy, and Cliffy and Joel is a great guy. Cliffy in Colorado was good. Young, good, young, good looking guy. Cliffy, yeah. young, good looking guy. Cliffy. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing. I don't think he's with the Abs anymore. But, uh, anyways, those those equipment guys they're they're huge to the NHL. They're huge, especially the American League. Nasty. The guys in the American League. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I was the show work hard, but these guys in the American League, man, get off the bus six in the morning. You met Doug Agnew, right? My boy, my boy from uh, medical guy from. Um, where did we hang with Doug in, in Nashville? Nashville? Great guy. Yeah. Did you ever have him in Milwaukee? No, but you, you, you yeah, he came with He told some funny stories. Yeah, it, it was great. <laughs> it was great. So, uh, Chris Kelly, thanks for the call, buddy. Fella, we got to talk about Jagermeister. No chirping, no running its mouth. Let's just talk about the confidence on these guys. Our friends at Jagermeister sent us this ad read to read on the show, fella, but they're confident that they said, don't do any of that normal ad stuff. 
Tell the listeners two things. Jagermeister's great, and everyone's been drinking it wrong. Well, if that's the case, how the hell do you think we should be drinking it? Up dog, that's a great question. Ice cold, fella. At zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jagermeister. That's it, my man. That's all they want to tell you. Damn, that's cold. Just remember to check out Jagermeister at www.draftkingsxjagermeister.com. Drink responsibly. Jagermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jagermeister US, White Plains, New York. Opdog, read that question number two here, fella. Yeah, fuck yeah. Here, let me see. Put it what do you got there? Put it right here. This question hails from Kevin McPhail. Is that how you say you say that? McPhail. McPhail. I was wondering what you guys would call this guy. Kevin on your team. McPhail. McPhail's a tough last name. McPhail. Hey, McPhail. <laughs> you fucking failing. Hey, you're a fucking donkey. How about mixed success turn- here? <laughs> mixed success here. We'll switch it up. Hey, failure. You keep turning the fucking puck over, man. Get it out for God's sake. Failure. Bailey, have a seat, but you're not going tonight. You're not going tonight. Open so tonight. listen, he asked Obes right off the hop here. Obes, can you talk about what it was like when Sundin joined your Nucks in 2009, making only 10 bananas? Pro-rated, 10 pro-rated. I mean, fuck. That's with Matt Sundin. Yeah. Um, do you want to finish the question? You want me to jump in here? And then he said, same question for the updog. Yarmer Yager joining the Panthers in 1415. He wasn't making 10 bananas. But um, yeah, I'll touch on mine first if you want. Yeah, sure. Yogs wasn't talking much when he got in. No? No, he was just, he, he did his thing. He sat there. He worked out all day. He wore fucking ankle bracelets walking around, shooting 10-pound medicine balls up against the wall for an hour. Wouldn't leave the ice. Loved the game. Uh, was great with our young guys. He, he took Barkov, who didn't speak much English at the time, took him under his wing, kind of taught him what Yogs thought was how to be a pro. Yeah. I guess it worked pretty well. Barks. You know, turn into a player. He is a good guy. Decent player. Um, But, like, I was always like, is Yogg's going to, like, invite me to go to Miami? Or is, you know, he's got to have some Czech models and stuff that he needs, like, a wingman for. Yeah. No? Well, he wasn't going to let you come in and swoop them all up. Well, I I, I just kept going, like, hey, Yogg's, like, it's, you know, game tomorrow Saturday. It's early game. What are you doing after? What do you say? Nima Pentracola or whatever. Yeah. You got any of those broads that, you know, (laughs) want to go for dinner or something? I got a reservation down. So he kind of just laughed at me. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. Um, I mean, thought it was a good wingman. You probably uh, said you were one of the fucking best. Yeah, you were one of the best, if not the best. I think you're like you're thinking more Pavel Burry though. Imagine you would have played with Pavel Burry or, or Fedorov. Yeah, Fedorov would have uh, invited me. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Like Kovalev when he played with me there, he wanted to take me out. Yeah, like I think Burry and Fedorov would be like, "Hey, Uppy, what do you got lined up? I got some, you know, Russian models ready to rock." Those guys were totally like Burry lived in South Beach, right? When he played he there, did. like that is legendary only guy ever to do it. Yeah, were Yogs? I, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, you know, we talked earlier that he was still playing, right? You know, if, I don't know. Like, is he? He's just he's kind of been a little selfish with it. I think so. The, like the models. There's there's stories about Yogs where he would go to Vegas and like he would just he wouldn't leave the hotel. He'd just play cards and that was it. Like he gamble, go back to room. Like he would never go out to like clubs or anything like that. Like I don't think he's that type of guy. Because if he was, he would have invited you. Totally. Why would I know? think he's got something. He's got a nice Rolodex, though. He's, oh, I'm not he's still that. playing at 51. He's obviously doesn't, you know, I'm not, not interested in a family. I'm not saying he doesn't have, I respect, I respect that he's still single at 51. Oh. If, any, if anything. Well, yeah, that's a guy that loves the game and loves what the game has to I think offer he, him. But listen, he shouldn't be playing still. He should be just chasing around young models at 51 in Spain or wherever the hell you were this summer. That's where he should be living, not. He's there, you know, he takes his breaks for sure. 
he has one bad game, he probably fucks off to wherever. Central pay. Yeah, exactly. Gets yeah. back in, you know, game mode. Yeah, he's like, thanks, boys. I needed that two weeks off. Who we play tonight? Hey, who we got? Uh, I, I would say Yogs, though, when it came to, like, I don't know, is he a team guy when it came to, like, you know, throwing a, I don't know. I think he was probably really standoffish, did his own thing, probably didn't want people to know exactly what he was doing. That's okay. Or you were kind of, you were kind of a little different than that. Yeah, I was. I was, my job was different than that. Your job was a lot different than that. I but. had a job that uh, I was, I was there for a reason. Yeah. Just to make sure the ship is going down. I mean, I don't know if that's why Dale Talon brought you in from day one, but that's how you rolled. No, up. but there was a lot of new players, young players, new ones, but not young. I mean, like just a mixed bag of, you know, hammers and yeah. nails that, that got there. And I was there to kind of help the team mesh. New guy. Yeah. So it was just, it was Dino that didn't like me. Yeah. Dino, what can you do? Um, I got called up for one game and Yogs was, Yogs was actually supposed to play, didn't play because he was sick. So I, I, I'll cut him a bit of slack because he was, was sick. But yeah, he, he just sat in, the, sat in the corner with his vest on, with the weights around his ankles and with the weights around his stick. And he didn't... Him play? He didn't play, but he didn't really talk to anyone. Not only did he not talk to me because I just got called up, but he didn't talk to really anyone. I'm like, yeah. oh, this guy's just kind of sitting in the corner. I guess he's getting ready for the game. But that team in Florida that year was so great because everybody would just muck it up in the dressing room. And he just was kind of chilling over by himself. Yes, sir. But listen, Kevin, about Matt Sundin. Listen, I grew up a diehard Leafs fan. I couldn't believe when I found out we signed him. But the best thing about Matt Sundin is we signed him. When's the last day you got to sign the NHL? It's December something, right? It's right yeah. before Christmas. It's 10th or something. 10th or something. So we signed him right the, la the last week. So AB comes in. He's like, yeah, we signed Matt Sundin. Uh, you know, he'll be here next week. Oh, fuck. Perfect. All right. Come in next week. AB's like, uh, update on Matt's boys. He's uh, he's going to stay in he's gonna stay in Sweden until Christmas. But after after the Christmas break, he'll, he'll be right back. Like, fucking right. So there we go. Matt Sundin coming in. Come back from Christmas, still no Matt Sundin. He's like, AV comes in again. He's like, hey, boys, he's not going to be here till New Year's. I'm like, this guy's a fucking legend, boys. <laughs> I mean, he's pushed this off a month now. They gave him $10 million. So he comes in the dressing room. I'll never forget. First day I walk in, coming in, I'm probably definitely not the first guy there. I'm probably coming in right around the meeting time. Come in the back room where I'm supposed to get my gitch on, and there he is. Big fucker, right? Bald head, big. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, hey, Matt Sundin, Shane O'Brien, nice to meet you. And I'm just looking at him. And I'm like, the first day of practice, I'm staring at him. And I'm looking at him in the dressing room. And I'm looking at him as a kid from Port Up, Ontario, where finally I'm like, snap out of it here. I was like, the fucking guy's on our team. So anyways, he moves into Cole Harbor where I was living. And he only had one car at the time for him and his young, beautiful Swedish fiance at the time. So I ended up driving Matt's to the rink. I ended up driving him to the airport. And he ended up driving home from the airport. <laughs> um, but great guy. Took that one for the team. And all he used to say to me was, Obs, stay single. Stay, you're doing it right. Don't get married. You're fucking the only smart one on this team. Stay single. Love to hear the stories. Um, the one thing about it, we go back to Toronto, legendary Matt Sundin move. We land, we get on the bus. We're supposed to be going down the harbor, down the west or wherever we're staying, right? <laughs> Another fucking west. And Matt gets the bus to go to Yorkville, drops him off at his house. So we come back to the hotel and there's 50, 50 fucking media people. And they just can't wait for Matt's, eh? So Matt's is there. So I'm like, I'm going to wait to be the last one off the bus, right? So everyone gets off the bus and they're thinking, here comes Matt Sundin. And I just come off the bus. I'm like, how are we doing, fellas? Yeah, you guys want to talk about it? I'm like, where's Sundin? I'm like, yeah, he's not on that fucking bus. <laughs> so anyways, we go, we beat him. We go out that night. I think I've told the story before on this podcast, but we, we win in a shootout. Matt scores the winner. We go to music. He gives me his credit card. He says, Obi, do your thing. Take care of the rest. And we have a fucking night. 
I mean, a night. And I'll never forget how Hong Chi's Mats was the next day on the plane. He had the fucking things over his eyes and the blanket up to here, and he was just done. But nice. Great guy. I often say if we could have had Matt Sunday the whole year, the whole year yeah. with training camp, I could be That's sitting up. here with a Stanley Cup ring. He just couldn't get he he. I've never seen the guy ride the bike more than this guy. Like you could tell that he wasn't in sh- that he didn't feel like he was in shape, and he almost went so hard to get in shape that it, he just couldn't catch up. And up another thing, you play in the East a lot. The travel got him. Like I remember him saying, we, we'd land in Vancouver and be driving home. He's like, "How do you guys do this? Like this is killing me with the time change and the travel." But great guy. Uh, loves Brian Berard. I mean, the, how hard Matt said he shot the puck, man. It's crazy how hard he shot it. It's funny. I, I remember back then, Obes, that was such a topic of conversation amongst the league was Matt's handling the travel in the West. It was it was a big deal like for him. It was, it, usually you just kind of talked about it a bit, but then like when he came in, it was like an, it, it was like the thing that everyone talked about, right? Yeah. No, it was. But I just remember this first day he practiced with us. And I'm just like, I'm just looking at him. Like, Holy shit, that's Matt's son. Yeah. Big righty. Great Just guy. Big ox. Great guy. You always say, Obi, stay single. You're doing it right. I said, don't worry, Matt. I ain't getting married anytime soon, buddy. I ain't getting married. So uh, great great question by Kevin. Uh, Maxie, let's go. We got a call in, right, fella? Call in, baby. Yes, from uh, Zach from Ohio. Good morning, fellas. Zach from Ohio here. First time curfew caller. Just arriving to this shithole I call a job. <laughs> Where the only thing I'm thankful for is I can have been a big old lip boomer all day. There we go. Was just wondering what the boys thought. If you're a GM of a team, how do you keep the players and the fans engaged if it's an absolute dumpster fire of a team like my team, the Columbus Blue Jackets? Love the show, boys. Keep doing what you're doing. I guess this may have been before the Babcock firing. Yeah, this was. This was. But uh, that's all you got to do is just, you know, raise some headlines there. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be one of the toughest things as a GM, you know, when things continue to go bad. I, I think if I was a GM on a bad team, I, w- I, would, I would talk to the media a lot. I would talk to my fans. I don't know if I'd have a curfew call segment like this, but you would just try to explain to them. You know, almost like they did in Philly last year. And I think it was more of John Tortorella than than it was the GM of of, of Chuck Fletcher who got let go. But I, I, you know, I'm sure we'll see it this year um, with Jonesy. You know, and, and you just explain to him trust. You know, trust the process. Or this is what's going on. You know, this is our big picture. Like, I think you just got to be completely honest with your fans and say this is where we're at. It's not acceptable, but this is what we're doing to improve because that's all you can do, up dog, when you're on a bad team. Yeah. I a lot like what you just said in Philly. What they did, I think, the Columbus Blue Jacks, for example. Okay, you're going to shake things up. Yes, your team sucks. You're going to you get high draft picks. You get Fantelli. You got some good young. You got Johnny Hockey in there. You still have like some guys to build around. Okay, why don't we do what Philly just did? Why don't we bring in you know Rick Nash as an assistant GM? But maybe it's time that like you create some excitement and he becomes more of the front facing guy that's talking to the media. That's talking about his young players daily. Then you bring in another guy. Who knows? Mike Commodore. Okay, Mike Commodore is now taking over hockey operations. He's So you put these, you just do something that's from left field that brings like familiar faces that the fans love and that players can look up to and give them a responsibility of like being around the guys, talking in the room, doing this. Mm-hmm. I, I just think hockey needs to change a little bit like that. And if you don't engage some of these you know, familiar faces with the fans that they all grew up loving that kids used to go watch. And now the kids are in high school and in their jobs and having to spend money on tickets. Well, 
maybe that's just a way that they stay engaged. But yeah. if your team just continues to suck and you hire like a European GM or you, you, you know, that no one knows, or you're, you're trying to bring in, you know, analytic guys that, I don't know, you maybe just had to change kind of the way the franchise looks. And that might be starting in the front office with guys that have had great careers that played for your town. Yeah. And that's what Philly's doing. You kind of teed me right up. Like to bring in Daniel Briere, a guy you play with and Jonesy yeah. as a president. And listen, you know more than anyone, there's no fan base harder than the Philadelphia Flyers. But exactly. if you're honest with them and you play hard, like like Torts has him going. Uh, Bill Guerin, I know he's not on a struggling team, but I think Bill Guerin is one of the GMs that if I'm a younger GM, like Mike Greer, uh, Pat Verbeek, Bill Garrett is honest. Yeah. Talks to his fans, does every fucking TV show, does every radio show. I think he's great. And then just markets. If you look at Pat Verbeek and Mike Greer this year, right, they're going to be on two rebuilding teams. They're not going to have to answer the tough questions. But if you're Pierre Dorian, who's been in a rebuild and now has spent all this money, and we've talked about Ottawa a lot leading into the season, like time is now for him, right? He's he's kind of used that as I trust the rebuild, trust the process. Here comes our guys. It's going to take some, take some time. So I think it depends on what market you're in. But for me, you just got to talk to your fans and show them the big picture. Because yeah. if you're a fan and you don't see the, the blueprint of what's coming next, that's probably when you're going to be like, get this guy out of here. Yeah, and, and why not jump in the media and why not talk about your own story? Yeah. Like, use the media. Use your narrative. Totally. Build your narrative. Like, whatever you sit back behind the doors with your team in the war room, bring, like, that to stories so your team reads them. So, like, the hockey world reads them. So you're kind of like, this is the process. This is the build. Well, you're going to... You know what? Our team, yeah, we're struggling right now, but wait until you see we call up a couple of these young players. I'm going to put them in spots where they're going to succeed. You'll see that, you know, we have the growth there. Yeah, I went out and spent a bunch of money. Um, you're going to love this, you know, what's his name? Sanderson. He's he's going to turn into a player. You just watch. We just gave him all this money. but you want. I think, you know, with that pressure and with that position in sports, you do have to kind of take on a little bit more responsibility and not so much sit in the weeds. I don't think the general manager should sit in the weeds. No, much. that's what I got. Don't hide. Don't hide. Don't fucking hide. And listen, if things aren't going your way, come out, answer the media. I agree with the point by you. You know, pick out some good, you know, good college players, good junior players, pick out some guys in the American League. Talk about Have a Q&A with your fans and say, listen, we got this kid down in fucking Syracuse or whoever the farm team is for Ohio, for the Blue Jackets, I don't even know, Cleveland maybe. And he's playing great. Like, you got to try to give your fans something to build off of. But I'm with you up, dog. Don't hide because when you hide, it's just gutless in my opinion, and I don't think it helps anyone. And that's how you get punted out of town. But I love that Zach's got the lip boomers going in. Yeah. Fucking right. Hates boy. work. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Up, dog, my man. The bat blue. Fellas out there, lots of things are better together, as we know, like playoff hockey or barbecuing with your boys, teeing it up, going to music festivals. Everything is better with the bat blue. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA in Buffalo, New York. Who doesn't? Max, have you got one more? Reginald. Oh, Reggie. Reggie. Fellas, uh, what's up? Love the pod. Listen every week. Um, I got a good story for the boys. Uh, nice. So, Obi, I played up in North Bay for a real short stint one season, but... One day, uh, you know, the coach calls me into, this, into his office. He's like, hey, you know, how's it going? Um, what were you up to last night? And I just said, oh, nothing. Just, you know, at home, ready for practice today and all that good stuff. Uh, and he's like, you you know, you drive a, a little silver uh, Dodge pickup, don't you? And I said, yeah, yeah, you know why? Um, he's like, well, I've been driving by your billet house the last couple of weeks. And it's, you know, 11 o'clock on a Tuesday, midnight on the Wednesday. 
uh, where the hell are you? Uh, I, it led me to want to ask the boys a question. Uh, have you ever been brought into the coach's office and just caught dead to rights? Nothing you can say. Of course, I've been out boozing and partying and, you know, doing all the good things you do in junior. Um, but yeah, just wanted to know if the boys had any good stories from back in the day of just being stone cold busted by a coach. Reggie. Uh, I, rest in peace, Jimmy Scoops. All right. Have a good one, boys. Fuck Reggie, do I ever. <laughs> so we're playing in Kingston. Our head coach is Larry Mavery, God rest his soul. And our D coach was, fuck, what was his name? Big, no, I'm not going to remember his name, but we're having a tough year, right? Me and Grazzi, we're having a tough year. So we were playing, I forget where we were playing, but we had a pretty good bus ride home, like a couple hours, three hours, but we were going to get home in time for, so anyways, me and Gratz, we sneak some booze on the bus, right? We got, I, I think we brought some Mickeys on there, not beers, but we brought some hard liquor and whatever. We made a mistake and left behind. Or when we walked off the bus to bring our gear in, they must've smelled booze on us. So we leave the rink. We go to this party at, I was actually at the girl I was dating's house at that time in high school. So we go to the girl's party. Somehow our assistant coach finds out where the fucking party is. So we and Gratz are downstairs in the basement. We're like, fuck it. Hey, we're like, here's the doorbell ring. We're like, yeah, nothing of it. And like. This girl, the time I'm dating Ashley, she's like, comes down. She's like, where's Shane and Josh? They're like, throw them there. Like, I'm like, hey, what's that? She's like, hey, Shane. I'm like, yeah. She's like, your coach is at the door. <laughs> I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, your, your D coach is at the door. He's looking to talk to you and Josh right now. I'm like, boy, fucking bitter. Whatever his name's at the fucking door. So off I go and sure enough, there he is. Outside, he's like, you fucking guys kidding me. What time smell, is this? This is like fucking midnight probably. That's not too bad. No, I know. He's like, I smell booze on the fucking bus for you guys. You guys kidding me? And the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, how the fuck did you find out where we were, man? Like, did somebody rat us on the team? Like, how? There was yeah. no, none of these back then. No kidding. How the fuck did he find out where we were? They followed you home. He, he must sniffed have, it out. He sniffed it out. I well, actually, plus, you got to look, you got to take uh, care of the young nerds on our team. That's yeah. sizzled us for sure. If you're a junior coach, so right? these kids are 17, 18. And you got to be careful. Like, you know, We were 19. I was 18 yeah. going on 19. Yeah. So anyways, the next day to finish off my story, the next day we had the day off. So I wasn't in school. Me and Gratz weren't in school. So, so Bap calls us in. He's like, man, get my fucking office. Fuck sakes. What the fuck are you guys doing? I'm like, dude, Matt, we had the fucking day off, whatever. We're just like, we're old enough to drink. I think it was 19. Yeah. I'm like, we can drink. Like, he's like, I know, but enough's enough. You guys got to sign up for school. We got to get you guys <laughs> in school somewhere. So I signed up for a, co- a class at uh, St. Lawrence College in Kingston. And uh, anyways, I didn't make it to the start of the semester. I got traded before. But he's like, you guys got to sign up for school. I had enough of this. So. We were caught red fucking handed, man, at the party. And he made us all leave. Like, the party was over. Like, we weren't like, yeah. and I had to go back to my billets. I didn't even get to fucking have sex with my girlfriend that night. I go back to my billets and rub one out. But how to this day up, dog? <laughs> how you found out where we were? I'll never know, brother. I will never know, Reggie. So I feel your pain, my man. We, me and Gratz both got traded. Gratz got traded to Sudbury. I got traded to St. Michael. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got one, too. It was the start of training camp. We had fitness testing the next day. And I'm with Derek Kristanovich at Beauty. Yeah. One of my best boys in the squad. And one thing leads to another, which started off just as a normal night. And then I don't know who we met, but we met a couple girls at probably at dinner. And then we go back to my house, my billets. Back house. to your billets. Yeah. And they, you know, they were always pretty So cool. you had cool billets? Really cool. That's billets. awesome. And then that's awesome. I had a hot tub there. And so anyway, we're oh, wow. we we had a few too many drinks. Yeah. Hot tub, probably a little bit of dehydration for my boy Cresto. <laughs> And, uh, he gets, he gets pretty banged up and like to the point where I just let him sleep 
in my house and I stay up with the girls still, whatever. Well, you got to be a good house, you have a good host. Yeah. You got to be a good host. Yeah. But I put him down. Like he was, he was in one. So I, I let him sleep. Well, There's a water party later down. Well, in the morning we wake up and we're not exactly early for this fitness test. And I get up kind of freaking out and, <laughs> and I got to go like, Hey, Cresto, get up like that. I love that you got fitness testing, you beauties. So, so no. So anyway, that morning we jump in my car and I was just in Canada. It was not too long ago. So I, the whole city kind of seeing like, holy shit, I used to drive down this hill all the time to practice. Like, and I'm thinking, fuck the one time I was late, which was this <laughs> fitness test. We get there and I get called in the office cause his billets called and said he didn't come home. So uh, Dean Everson calls me in the, in the morning. Dean Everson was your yeah, coach. And he sits us both <laughs> down. He looks at us and this is like, 20 minutes before fitness testing starts, he goes, you two fucking idiots. I know you were out past your curfew. Where the hell were you? And I'm like, listen, Dino, we were at my place. And he's like, fucking don't lie to me. I'm like, Dino, I'm going to tell you right now. We were at my place, all right? We were, we got a little banged up. Got Cresto slept over. And now look at us here. And he was just white as a ghost. He was so fucked. And he's like, well, you two fucking idiots. You're one, you're one strike away from me getting both of you out of here. Like, right. And I'm like, oh fuck. Okay, here we go. And he's like, both of you are first up in all the drills today. <laughs> so Cresto starts off with like the chin ups, but he, and he rips <laughs> probably eight to 10 off doing pretty good. And then he just right to the bathroom. Like it was the guys who just losing their shit. Um, and of course I battled through the whole thing and got through it. And that year, I mean, we, he was a great player and a great teammate. And so this was kind of short lived, but, uh, we got, yeah, I just love, we got pinched pretty good. I love that you did it the night before the fitness test. <laughs> that is like iconic. Like that's like the one night of the yeah. year you're like, fuck, I can't go out tonight. No, it just, well, like I said, one thing led to another and we just, yeah, we weren't going to just say no. Was, you know? no I, I, we were just having fun. How many years in the league are you now? Is this like you're heading into your draft year? Like you're highly touted. I'm going to go first overall. So. I mean, you're yeah. always in good shape. You weren't too concerned about the fitness test, obviously, right? You knew not you're at all. <laughs> not at all. I was in shape. I was ready to run. You knew they weren't sending you down to Junior B. They weren't sending you back to the Fort McMurray Iowa Barons. No, 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 no. Oh. It was, uh, I was an 18 year old. It was my draft year. Yeah. Yeah. Felt good. Junior hockey, man. I know. If you think about like really what, you know, we play 60, whatever, eight games or 66 games, you're on the road a lot. Yeah. You're going to school, but it's. Your kid's just trying to make the NHL or do whatever, and it's just a complete gong show, really. And it is, yeah, but it's tough to navigate through it all. The billets are so good. Like, billets are billets good. Got to have so a good bill. I was very, very So you guys know what billets are, right? We, we live with those families, right? So, yeah, you go, you go in there. They take, they take you in. in they teach you something new that you haven't really learned with your family. It's completely yeah. different. Completely different. I learned how to cook. I learned how to, you know, yeah. a lot of things nutrition nutrition cooking importance of like sleep like I, I learned a whole new thing from from my billet so you only had was, one bill your whole time uh i was uh unfortunately when i first got there i was in one house and that wasn't working out yeah. via my opinion yeah. so i actually left yeah. and went home and i was back home for maybe 10 days and then i'm like if you guys figure out billet situation i'll come back yeah and they did and and i stayed at one billet well in fact my last year, they moved away, and I lived with their friends. Yeah, the Hills, which no, were incredible too. So I, I was very lucky. Yeah, I, my first year at Kingston, like I made the team, and all I really re requested was I wanted to be with a family. Like I wanted kids and yeah, my fucking dog, and what, what did they put me with? Two of the oldest people ever, and they were hey, they, they were perfect. sweet, but like I it was know, just like not, that's not right. I go down to watch TV, and he'd be sleeps on the fucking in his chair. You want people that have the energy for you totally. that you can talk to about your things you're going on. And usually that's parents. Yeah. It's usually parents that have teenage kids and, and exactly 
you know, my billet parents had a, had a son, Tyler, who I played against. He moved away and was playing junior against us. And that just sort of their moment in their life and the moment of our life, you know, it, it works. There's, totally. you know, they, they're obviously, they treat you like their kid cause you're as old as, you know, their kid or hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I, I cherish that. And I look back and saying that a big catalyst to my career was having these, these billet parents. Yeah. How long do you live with the billets for? Is it like years, months? The season's what, eight months? You basically like September. Yeah. Beginning until, of September until April, May. Yeah. Or April. Like know, a school April. year. School year, basically, yeah. yeah. And then my second year, I had great billets. I had a cool little setup upstairs, like a big bedroom. Uh, but I had to move billets because I just got too fat that year. They just had fucking so much food in their house, man. There was pizza pops everywhere. Oh, I love Toast pizza crunch. Pops. Come on. I, was I grew like, up on pizza pops. Buddy, I showed up at camp at like whatever, 220. <laughs> fucking mouse like, how much you weigh? And I'm like, I don't know. I feel kind of chunky or whatever. I get on the scale like 245 or something, yeah. like 17 years old. And then obviously he's like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm just eating the food that, you know, they're providing me. Like, yeah. what the fuck do you want me to do? Give some so, extra 80 bucks a week to buy yeah, some veggies. They, they couldn't get me out of it that year, but the next year my agent called. He's like, hey, you can't live in the same. And they were great. The kids were great. The people, I was just eating like a truck. Like, yeah, so you're just cooking. I was like home cooked meals, bro. And my third year I had the best, the best cooked. Yeah. Like great. I remember just sitting there and she'd drink a bottle of wine at dinner and I didn't like wine. Shocking. And now I look back going like, shit, I, I wasted all that time to drink some nice wine. Yeah. You, they couldn't afford to keep you if you were drinking the wine the way you were now. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, to the Cantaloupe Blazers, so we can't afford this upshot. He's drinking five hundred dollars balls of wine a week here. So, do you guys ever go back, like once you're in the NHL, and and like you know do stuff for your bill of families? Not enough, no. Yeah. Um, you know, in in my area, like you know, Kelowna or Kamloops, it's um, yeah, it's a little bit ways away from where I grew up and where I spend time seeing my family. So it's different, right? But you know, maybe it's different in Toronto if you get to play around your billets or. Yeah, I, yeah. I think certain guys, if you stayed there for a yeah. whole two or three years, I'm sure, but there's still probably not enough. I mean, these, 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 these people are doing it to make money. Like they just, they only, no, no, that, that, but I think like Max is saying like throughout your career, did you, did you keep like a good relationship with him? Did you go back and see no, him? Man, that's yeah. not enough. Yeah. I mean, I moved around, so I didn't that's have, I didn't have, uh, I didn't have that close relationships with them, but I don't think guys do it enough, but without billets, there's no junior hockey. Yeah. Um, and man, those pizza pops were good. Hey, with the fucking bacon in there. Oh, God damn, man. Tiptoe down at night about 10 o'clock. Hey, might have a pair. <laughs> Not good for the way in the next day. So, uh, Maxi, great job. Alex, thank you. Curfew calls, keep them coming. Uh, we'll be putting them out throughout the course of the regular season. Obviously, next year of the offseason, but me and Updog love them. Up at you, the man, man. Thank Bella. you. I was missing curfew. Bella, we got to talk about Jagermeister. No chirping, no running its mouth. Let's just talk about the confidence on these guys. Our friends at Jagermeister sent us this ad read to read on the show, fella. But they're confident that they said, don't do any of that normal ad stuff. Tell the listeners two things. Jagermeister's great, and everyone's been drinking it wrong. Well, if that's the case, how the hell do you think we should be drinking it? Up dog, that's a great question. Ice cold, fella. At zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jagermeister. That's it, my man. That's all they want to tell you. Damn, that's cold. Just remember to check out Jagermeister at www.draftkingsxjagermeister.com. Drink responsibly. Jagermeister liqueur. 
35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jagermeister U.S., White Plains, New York.